Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, this is Suzanne Toro, and I want to thank you for joining us tonight. Tonight we are going to talk about dependency and codependency, and this is a very uh, in-depth subject, and the intention behind these episodes about self-love and reconnecting to ourselves is to hopefully inspire a conversation and also an opportunity to peel back the layers and do some inner healing. Many times we can intellectualize these concepts and even maybe recognize how we're participating in some of these behaviors, yet we don't afford ourselves the time and the space to do what I call the inner work. So tonight we're going to talk about dependency, about healthy dependency, and about some not-so-healthy dependency and how we can refine ourselves. And uh, I'm a firm believer that we can always refine and continue to increase and raise our vibration for self and for everyone that we are in contact with. That's the most profound gift that I feel we can all give each other is to do our inner work, do our inner healing so that we can show up every day with our family, our friends, our coworkers, and be more present, be healthy and happy and joy-filled, and then our world begins to shift. Our worldview shifts, and the way we are operating will shift. So to dive in, uh, our little path that we're going to follow tonight is that we're going to talk about what um, dependencies that we might have we're going to look at it at a macro level and a micro level just to get a general overview at how we got here and to really understand that this isn't just singled out for certain people and it's not a label to place on people. Uh, as far as I can tell, I think we all are participating in some type of codependency on some level every single day. And then we're going to go through a series of questions to look at and identify patterns that might exist within within each one of us. Just real quick to just give yourself some touch points. I really encourage you just to close your eyes and listen to those those patterns and see where they resonate with you and then maybe jot them down. And then we're going to take those patterns and use those as our red flags and then we're going to connect with how we can potentially uh, paint a picture of our life without those dependencies. And then from there, um, we're going to introduce a moment of meditation, of visualization to let go of some of those red flags that we've identified. Then I encourage anyone that wants to call in, um, you can do so at 646-200-0069. At that time, we will um, open up for questions. And... um, from there, we'll close out, and then we'll introduce the topic for next week. So let's go back and talk about dependency and our society that is pretty um, much built on an infrastructure of dependency. Now, there are healthy dependencies where we have community and we can come together and orchestrate building towns and cities and schools and create a co-creation environment. However, if we create an environment where we are not able to uh, sustain self by self, then we are potentially fostering codependency. 
And so this is a fine line, and it can take some time to learn how you can be dependent on self and know what you can do just to be self-sustaining in any given moment, and then also celebrate where you're given these resources all around you to help make life that much easier uh, because we are in a modern information age. So if you ask yourself, what am I dependent on? Really simple question, what am I dependent on? I can answer the question, you know, I'm dependent on email and technology and communication through social media networks because those are what have been built around us and are considered our way of connecting with different groups of people. It becomes a dependency because that is the expected norm. Now, is it a healthy dependency? Well, it depends how much you engage in it, how long you're tethered to it. How long are you tethered to your telephone? That is a great question to ask. I myself have many times been too tethered to this device and prefer not to talk on it, prefer to put it down and communicate as limited as possible on it because I I don't enjoy that mode of communication. Yet many people, if you walk down the street, are very dependent on it. It becomes their security blanket. They don't even know how to stand in a store by themselves without looking at this device. So think about, in your mind, what you're dependent on, and then ask yourself the next question, what are my dependent relationships? In your mind's eye, what relationships do you feel that you would actually shrivel up and vanish if they disappeared from this planet. And so this might be a a partner, a spouse, a child. It might be a friend. Just to really be honest with self that what relationships around you that you're absolutely dependent on, it's really important to evaluate and identify what those relationships are. And we'll get a little bit deeper into that. The reason is, is if you realize you have a dependency and you realize that if my pet or my spouse or my child leaves, I will actually physically die. That's a big red flag and you want to write that down right now, that you are dependent on a relationship to the point that you feel like it would actually destroy you if it vanished. Because you want to bring that relationship back into balance. It's okay to love someone. It's okay to want them in your life, but not to the point where you would actually feel like you would not survive without them here. We want to celebrate these relationships and enjoy them in the moment and not limit ourselves by them vanishing and actually destroying us. What happens when we have these types of relationships where there's these deep-rooted attachments and fear involved in the aspect of them disappearing is that we actually are perpetuating that cycle of a codependent relationship and we're not fostering a healthy interrelationship at work with our family and with our friends. And then this is this is a modeled behavior that we're passing down from generation to generation. The good news is we can actually modify our behaviors and bit by bit bring ourselves into balance with ourselves and with those around us. So take this opportunity to do the work, to put yourself up to the test. Can I do this? Can I not be so dependent on my wife or my children? Can I actually stand on my own two feet and have some autonomy and then interrelate with them in a different way? And let that fear inside of me. And and if you want to know what that fear is, 
ask yourself, do you go to panic when they're not around? Do you have a sense of uneasiness if you're not close by? Do you feel that you need to make sure that you're in contact with them at all times? So understand where there are healthy relationships and where you might be overstepping those boundaries. Now, to understand where and how we've gotten here is to look at our macro view. I always love doing this, looking at the big picture in society and figuring out how did we get here? How did we become such a dependent society? Just like I gave you the example of the cell phone that we're dependent on, uh, this wasn't we didn't wake up at birth and say, wow, I hope in so many years that we have these little devices that I can hold 24-7 and contact anyone I want all the time and be connected to them. That wasn't a human need. That was designed by a technological advancement and by driven by consumerism and capitalism. So we can look at our economics and our world markets and understand that those are set up on dependency. We have a stock market that's set up on dependency. We have a codependent relationship. Our shareholders are become dependent on the corporation to actually succeed so they get a return on their investment. The corporations become dependent on the shareholders because they no longer have learned to operate as an autonomous standalone organization, they've learned that they can have outside money coming into their company to cash infuse them when they're not staying in the black. So recognizing that's a huge one. We have a codependent economic system on this planet, a debt-based society. So I could safely say that we're all participating in a codependent relationship. We're dependent on something that's not within our control. Now, what can we do to bring that one example into balance? We can start thinking about bringing new ways of economics into our life, barter, trade, local economics. Start thinking about how you can rebalance that relationship with this economic system that is transforming and changing before us. Another example is to look at healthcare. We have developed in North America in particular a codependent relationship with medicine. We are dependent on insurance to get medical help. So again, we've become a codependent society to get our wellness, our inner wellness. I was just um, having dinner with a doctor friend of mine and he said, you know, we'd be better off relying on Western medicine for trauma for emergency, like a car accident, an arm break, and relying on alternative medicine to keep us healthy, to stay out of the hospitals. Now, we don't have a system yet to support that, and that would bring our codependency in the healthcare arena into balance if we had proactive healthcare and we had Western medicine available not through an outside entity called health insurance that creates a dependency without our society. So you see where I'm going here and how we have so effortlessly fostered these type of relationships. Media, we are addicted to media. Fast, quick, short snippets of media. This has become a dependency. We become dependent on the Internet. If the Internet shuts down, 
how are you going to get your information? How are you going to get news? If your phone shuts down, how are you going to interrelate with your neighbors? How are you going to even know your neighbor's name? How are you going to actually know their constitution without looking up on Facebook, LinkedIn, some social media network, tracking them that way? How are you even going to know maybe how to do your job if you don't aren't able to connect through the media? So again, we've created a dependent relationship. It can be a healthy dependency, but it feels a little out of balance because I personally know if that goes away, I haven't printed out volumes of material that I can reference. So bringing that into balance would mean that maybe we find new ways to relate to each other in the physical form and have the balance of the technology and then understand if it does go away, do we have our resources ready to springboard into a more healthy, balanced relationship with our communities, with our media, with our technology. Next example is food. We have created a society that we are dependent, codependent, very much so with our food industry. Uh, We are not uh, an agricultural society, even though we have industrial farming, especially in North America. We are not at large participating in urban and rural farming to feed our local communities. That's shifting, and that's a beautiful example of how we can quickly, because it only takes one season, start to shift our food relationship with our macro market and our micro market. It's that simple, again, bringing balance to our codependency on something that's out of our control. We have to go to the supermarket to get our staples, a basic necessity, food. But if that went away, how would we survive? Many of us wouldn't. And so to think about how can I bring that into balance? Do I know the foods I can eat out in my landscape, the plants I can eat? Do I have seeds that I could grow? Think about how you cannot be as dependent on a system that has captivated all of us because that's what we have built up and established bringing it back into balance again, learning how to grow some foods, coming together as a community. I saw a beautiful example this weekend um, up in Oakland, inner city, urban areas, starting to put in farms, growing, taking down fences, creating community, a beautiful way of how we are bringing that dependency into balance. Now, we can also point out that politics, policy, religion, all those factors potentially have become dependencies to keep us from connecting to ourself and our community. So again, these large topic items, we can relate them back to our micro level. And just you can contemplate any one that you're overly dependent on and see how you might be able to shift it. For example, I have to take a an inhaler from time to time, and I'm really working on finding a way that I do not have to be dependent on that pharmacology. So now that we have this big picture drawn and the micro picture leading in and some ideas and inspirations, let's look at the patterns. Let's go to the micro level. Let's look at our interpersonal patterns because we have these big picture topics and we have little quick solutions that we can implement that I just discussed but where we put the pedal to the metal 
is that we look inside and we realize that how are our interpersonal relationships dependent and understanding that this is some of the deepest healing that we can do in the fabric of our society if we can learn to have healthy, balanced relationships with ourselves and with each other. And the only way we can do that, in my personal humble opinion, is to do our own inner work. Now, some people listening might say, okay, well, I'm not codependent, and um, I haven't participated in codependency in a relationship. Well, I was really, really surprised personally when I actually uh, was ending my marriage, a long-term relationship, and realized I actually was in a codependent relationship. I had no idea that I had actually entered into a codependent relationship and exited from one. And to realize it, I realized, wow, I have some inner work to do. I, I need to really refine self so that I am not welcoming in dependency for my children. I don't want to model that behavior for them and with my relationships with my friends, with my family, and with any future partners that I might have. I really became committed to ending that cycle. So we can look at the patterns, and I'm going to read these off, and if they jump out to you, just jot them down, but just listen to them. And then what I'll do is I'm going to be posting them on my website too under this cast so you can review them and read them. We will talk about the patterns. This is how you can understand um, if you're codependent and where your patterns might fall. Denial patterns. I have difficulty in identifying what I'm feeling. I minimize, alter, or deny how I truly feel. I perceive myself as completely unselfish and dedicated to the well-being of others. I lack empathy for the feelings and needs of others. I label others with my negative traits. I can take care of myself without any help from others. I mask my pain in various ways, such as anger, humor, or isolation. I express negativity or aggression in direct and passive ways. I do not recognize the unavailability of those people to whom I am attracted. So those were all denial patterns. Just sit with that. If you feel that you're in that arena of dependency, just put it down. Write down denial patterns and you can link back up to the list. Low self-esteem patterns. I have difficulty making decisions. I judged everything I think, say, or do harshly as never good enough. I'm embarrassed to receive recognition and praise or gifts. I don't ask others to meet my needs or desires. I value others' approval of my thinking, feelings, and behavior over my own. I do not perceive myself as a lovable or worthwhile person. I constantly seek recognition, and I think that I think I deserve. I am jealous of relationships between others I would like to have as my own. I have difficulty admitting that I made a mistake. I need to appear to be right in the eyes of others and will even lie to look good. I perceive myself as superior to others. I look to others to provide my sense of safety. I have difficulty getting started, meeting deadlines, and completing projects. I have trouble setting healthy priorities. This is low self-esteem. Avoidance patterns. 
I act in ways that invite others to reject, shame, or express anger toward me. I judge harshly what others think, say, or do. I avoid emotional, physical, or sexual intimacy as a means of maintaining distances. I allow my addictions to people, places, and things to distract me from achieving intimacy in my relationships. I use indirect and evasive communication to avoid conflict or confrontation. I diminish my capacity to have healthy relationships by declining to use all the tools of recovery. I suppress my feelings or needs to avoid feeling vulnerable. I pull people toward me, but they get close, but when they get close, I push them away. I refuse to give up myself, will to avoid surrendering to the power that is greater than myself. I believe displays of emotion are signs of weakness. I withhold expressions of appreciation, and that's avoidance patterns. Compliance patterns. I compromise my own values and integrity to avoid rejection or others' anger. I am very sensitive to how others are feeling and feel the same. I am extremely loyal, remaining in harmful situations too long. I value others' opinions, feelings more than my own, and I'm afraid to express differing opinions and feelings of my own. I put aside my own interests, hobbies, in order to do what others want. I accept sex and sexual attention when I want love. I'm afraid to express my beliefs, opinions, feelings when they differ from those and others. I make decisions without regard to the consequences, and I give up my truth to gain the approval of others to avoid change. Compliance patterns. Next is control patterns. Again, we all have participated because we are participating in a global capitalist society that has control mechanisms built in. So listen closely to this one. I believe most other people are incapable of taking care of themselves. I attempt to convince others of what they should think and how they truly feel. I become resentful when others will not let me help them. I freely offer advice and directions without being asked. I lavish gifts and favors on those I care about. I use sex to gain approval and acceptance. I have to be needed in order to have a relationship with others. I demand that my needs be met by others. I use charm and charisma to convince others of my capacity to be caring and compassionate. I use blame and shame to emotionally exploit others. I refuse to cooperate, compromise, or negotiate. I adopt an attitude of indifference, helplessness, authority, or rage to manipulate outcomes. I have obsessive-compulsive thinking patterns and cannot focus on daily activities. I use terms of recovery in an attempt to control the behavior of others. I pretend to agree with others to get what I want. That's a control pattern. So, again, those patterns, just to list them and wherever they might have stood out to you, one is denial patterns, low self-esteem, avoidance patterns, compliance patterns, control patterns. You might have a little bit of each in one. I can definitely identify for myself where I've participated and still probably have some buttons going off as I read those. And it's okay to admit where we have our patterns. That's how we do the work. 
If we don't want to admit it, then we're not ready to do the work. But I encourage you, whatever red flags jumped out to you as I read those, take the time to just write down right now. Do I avoid? Do I have compliance issues? Do I control? Again, all we're doing is if we refine a little bit on the inside, we are better equipped to interact with each other. One thing, if you've actually served in the military, I've seen this a lot with individuals that have actually fought in battle, served in World War II, served in Vietnam. There's a disconnect with eye contact um, because it's a, a fear of intimacy because of being on the battlefield, engaging with, quote-unquote, the enemy. Really think about that. If you have been in a position where you had to be in combat to really afford yourself the time to do some deep, deep inner healing, that's traumatic. And it does create long-term effects on your soul and the future and for all the people around you. So to think about that and how you relate it to then, what was the gift of being in that and how you can actually transform now that maybe you're living a different life um, than you were at that point in time. So I want you to For one moment, take a deep breath, breathe into the heart, and just think in the mind's eye where you are feeling that you might have some addictions in your life, shopping compulsion, drinking compulsion, smoking compulsion, sex compulsion, music compulsion, technology compulsion, relationship compulsion, whatever it might be. Think about where you might feel it's not healthy, the way you relate to some of those things I listed. Write it down or make a mental note. Connect with that dependency. And then ask yourself right now, are you ready to transform your dependency? Are you ready to bring it in balance? Just like I brought up the example, global economics. Are we ready to bring that in balance? Are corporations ready to be accountable for their revenue and creating a sustainable business, no longer having cash infusions? Are investors, stockholders ready to have a new type of way to take all their assets and grow them in a beautiful way? Maybe creating, taking all those assets and creating local living economies and supporting our local businesses to create a balance and sustainability. It's possible. All we have to do is imagine it. We are brilliant, intelligent human beings on this planet. I believe that we have that ability. So now write down the items that you would like to address, the ones that... um, you feel you're ready to refine. So if maybe you like gambling, but you feel that's not a healthy habit, so you'd like to change it. Maybe you feel that your relationship with a friend or a spouse or a partner is a little codependent and you want to be a little bit more at ease around them and find a more healthy way to relate to them. Write it down. And then, after you've written that down, I want you to think for a moment and draw in your mind's eye how you can, how you will feel if you drew a picture. Just close your eyes for a moment and draw a picture 
of what it feels like to not be dependent on a person, place, thing, activity, or addiction. Imagine what it feels like in your mind's eye. Even if you may not be there, just close your eyes for a moment and imagine, wow, feel that ease. Just imagine feeling ease. No longer worrying about certain things. No longer worrying about these lines that we've drawn to people, places, and things. Feeling the attachments diminish. And then just allow one word to come into your mind's eye as to what that would look like for you or what that would feel like for you. And let that word kind of be a mantra for right now. For me, it feels like freedom. What does that feel like to you to no longer have imbalances, to feel balanced with your life and your surroundings? Beautiful. Now, what we're going to do from there as you take that word is we're going to go into a short meditation. I encourage all of you just to close your eyes. And this meditation is meant to be healing. It's meant for you to take into your mind's eye that one place that you feel maybe needs to be brought into balance in your life or two or three one area that you're willing to commit to to do some work, at least in this moment. You know, you don't have to make it a long commitment. Let's start here in the moment. Listen to the meditation. Bring into your awareness that thing that you are ready to be done with. And you'll hear me say in the meditation, thy will be done. It's a beautiful place to reside. So just effortlessly bring in that word, what it feels like to be done with that dependency, to bring that dependency and balance. Oh, I think collectively we feel really good when our world economics are brought back into balance. I know I will. I feel really excited about our food chain being brought into balance. That feels really good. And I feel really excited about our shelter options being brought back into balance. And I feel really excited about our opportunities to create and co-create healthy relationships being brought back into balance. So allow those to meditate with you, flow into this meditation, and then we'll come back and we'll dive into some questions. From a comfortable seated or lying down position, connect with your internal self, taking a deep breath in and out. Slowly imagine yourself walking along a sandy beach, feeling the warm sand between your toes and underneath your feet as you make your way down the beach. The sand suddenly becomes firm, moist, 
and cool and damp under your feet. As you walk closer and closer to the water, you look down and you see a beautiful shell. You reach down and grab that one shell, running your fingers across the top of the shell and on the inside of the shell, feeling the different textures connecting with the shell. You place that shell in your right hand and remind yourself of a moment in time that you still hold on to the pain and the suffering and the sorrow. Something that you cannot forgive. Slowly bring your attention to your physical body. And notice the location you hold the pain in your body. Then bring your attention to your mind and your mental state and locate where the turbulence resides there. Then connect with your spirit, your soul. And notice where that pain resides there. Breathe into that pain, sorrow, anger, betrayal, the constriction. And as you exhale, release all of that energy. Slowly remind yourself of the situation once more. Allow all the energy to be pulled from your very being. Remove everything that you harbor from your soul. Gently seeing the energy moving down out of your body. Honoring your role in the situation and gently allow yourself to release the pain, the suffering with one long deep breath.
reminding yourself it can take time to fully embrace letting go of what holds you in bondage. Take a deep breath in and out, feeling that moment in time once more, revisiting the situation. Realizing how you've carried this great burden on your back. Acknowledge that it really does not serve you any longer. Bringing all of that emotion, physical pain, mental turbulence, and suffering Breathe it in and then bring all of that emotion and energy and attention down from your heart as you inhale and then exhale, bringing all that energy down to your hand. Allow that energy to fill itself up into the seashell. Slowly breathing in and out continuing to remove the energy from that experience from your internal being into the shell. Then bring your awareness to your feet. Feel the warm, wet sand below. Feeling your foundation and rooting yourself in the earth. Gently looking down at the energy within this shell and all the distant memories, events, and traumas. Thank them for serving you and embracing that you are ready to let go. As you draw your attention to your hand, breathe in and gently release yourself of the pain and repeat with me, Thy will be done. Thy will be done. Thy will be done. With a deep breath, release the final emotion captured in your body, mind, and spirit and send it to the shell. As you release the final breath, gently lift up your hand and throw the shell back to the sea. Again, repeating, Thy will be done. Thy will be done. With a deep breath and a soft gaze, Allow yourself to watch the shell return to sea, taking your emotions, trauma, and pain away from you. Inhale and exhale. Inhale and exhale. Slowly walk away from the water.
walk up the beach until the warm sand greets the bottom of your soles. And find a soft spot to sit down and just gaze out at the ocean, allowing yourself to stare at the soft sea, embracing the cycle and the flow of the waves. Uttering softly to yourself. I forgive all that has been bestowed upon me. I forgive all that has been bestowed upon me. I forgive all that has been bestowed upon me. With deep, gentle breaths in and out, releasing and filling your heart with your love and joy. Slowly drawing your attention back to your physical body. Taking deep breaths in and out of your heart. Connecting with your physical space around you. Reminding yourself of the divinity that resides within you. Aham Prema. I am divine love. Aham Prema. Take one last brief moment to honor your highest self and embrace yourself with love and compassion. And when you are ready, gently open your eyes. Take some deep breaths and effortlessly move back into your day. Beautiful. And now just allow yourself to sit for a moment and just feel what that feels like. Maybe part of what you imagined or that word earlier to feel that awness, that stillness. And to utilize this moment to remember and embed this feeling with you as you move forward and make a commitment to self, to refine self, and maybe 
start thinking about bringing balance to those dependencies, this codependence relationships and patterns and revisiting some of our addictions that we have in our daily life. Now, what I'd like to do is, one, welcome any questions that we might have and sharings about codependency um, in our own life and how we might um, move forward with addressing an issue. So we'll start out with one caller that we have on the line. Um, she's calling from Long Beach, California. Hi, Thelma, are you there? Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. Thanks for calling in. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, um, do you have a question or something you'd like to share with our listeners uh, about uh, how you've related to codependency or dependency in your life? Um, well, I do have a question. I was noticing through, you know, the the conversation leading up to the meditation, the the things, like you said, that came to the surface for me, and it was very obvious just at a guttural level, you know, which ones were hot buttons for myself, but I was curious if you would have a suggestion for, like, on a day-to-day basis, um, in a moment when I might not be able to revisit this list that you presented, um, to to check myself, like, to find that line of balance, you know what I mean? So, um, because in this format, I was definitely relating to certain ones, so I can see the prevalence, and then when I go back into my day-to-day, I think I can pay attention to some of those a little more clearly, but what I'm wondering is how I can observe myself or pull back from something that maybe isn't serving me in the moment. Um, what right. would be that clue, you know? What I would do is um, take some time tonight or in the next day to identify the the big, like, enchilada, the first thing that you want to address. So if it's a habit, if it's an interpersonal relationship, decide, okay, I'm going to really bring awareness to this relationship or to this habit or to this pattern and focus on that, and then what will happen is you'll have a ripple effect, and then you don't have to worry as much about all the ancillary triggers, because like for myself, I definitely had triggers of certain things on the list saying, ooh, there's still something there. We could get overwhelmed by all the finite things, but if we choose one thing to really focus on and refine, it makes it a little bit easier. Um, And then what more than likely is going to start to happen for you is you will notice that some of those hot points will start to refine. Then when you feel pretty complete and neutral, no longer feeling like you have any hot spots or emotional spikes within that one habit or emotional or or interpersonal relationship, then you can maybe go for the next one. Um, You know, I would say collectively our society has a lot of inner work to do. Um, just based on the conversation, even what I discovered as I was preparing for today. <laughs> so does that make sense? Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, it, it helps because yeah, I I tend to 
um, be one of those that can be overwhelmed by the whole. So it's like, <laughs> how do I how do I organize it so that I can you know get through this efficiently? <laughs> but right. like you know, and I know like I've been trying to pay attention to technology because my um, you know it's like a double-edged sword in the sense that if you're I'm a mom, so I'm away from my kids. There are times when I want to make sure that I'm paying attention, um, but I know I have noticed that like turning it off and let's say just serving myself, whether it's going to a yoga class or even if it's just um, doing work at home but silently, I've inadvertently um, like my phone has rung, but I had it on silent, but I just happened to not be checking it obsessively. It's just like I crossed paths with it at the right moment. So, And then, you know, perhaps I'm missing other calls, but they're not urgent, so it doesn't matter. But I've been, ex- I guess, appreciating that um, experience because it's like if I'm just clearing it, then I can be where I need to be or I can get the information that I need to at the appropriate time as opposed to, like, looking at it, you know, constantly, mm-hmm. making sure exactly. I'm not missing <laughs> Right, and that's a perfect example of you recognize maybe that you had an over-dependency with this device, and so you brought it back into balance, so you're in a healthier relationship with it. Um, And so anything that we have, you know, we're creatures of habit, so we can look at our habits and find out, are those habits or are those addictions? (laughs) And that's that's the, the fine line is like, and then so you can start asking yourself, that question on a daily basis. Am I addicted to doing this? Am I dependent on this? And if so, is it a healthy dependency? You know, our our kids are a perfect example because they will rely on us to provide for them, you know, and that can be a, that's a healthy nurturing dependency, but we can go to the extreme with it. uh, And which many of us have witnessed in our friends or maybe even ourselves with our relationships with our parents are, do we still have a dependency on those individuals, and is it a healthy dependency, or is it to an extreme? And how would we bring that back into relation, you know, balance? And it's never too late to do that. Um, and I know you have witnessed that examples with family members personally, so you can probably even reflect on that. Um, how you might, um, in your mind's eye, even bring those relationships not for self but others. That's a great way to kind of witness how we can refine ourselves if we realize what's going on for other people, um, and how we might, you know, if we were recreating balance for them, then we know how to mirror it in our own life. Yeah, you know, it's that's interesting that you say that because it it's like family as a grown woman and you know having friends. It's like witnessing with the parents, you know, how those relationships have stayed so similar to how we related to our parents when we were children or even we're still striving for something from our parents. And um, I've been thinking a lot about that because I happen to live far away from my, you know, parents, but I feel like the relationship has transformed maybe in a different way than if I had stayed living close to them. Um, Right. You know, I'm kind of grateful for having that, ha- being able to see that, but sometimes I feel like at the same time, like maybe I'm not there enough, you know, as my parents are getting older, for example. And maybe I'm not supporting them enough or, you know, how to how to find that center is 
a lot. Right. And sometimes we just have to find a new way to have those relationships because they're not the picture that we thought they would be or could be. Um, but there's definitely ways to have a really balanced relationship. Um, but we have to put attention towards it. That's all. So, yeah. Well, I appreciate you um, listening in and um, giving your feedback and um, a- asking the questions. <laughs> the discourse helps. <laughs> well, and thank you for showing, I think, I really appreciate you displaying the macro and then the micro correlation, you know, because it makes me feel a little less um, insane, a little more <laughs> common, which then would lead to some of my other issues. But, you know, in a, in a good way, like to just to connect to that we're all in this together. So thank you. And definitely. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, we're definitely in this together. And I think if we take time to, like I said, bring that balance in, uh, we'll all be a lot healthier on the other side of it. So um, I know we can do it. <laughs> yeah. So, Good. all thank right. You. Well, thank you, and you have a beautiful evening. <laughs> okay. You too. So uh, what we're going to do now um is, before we close out, is we are going to do two things. One, um, I'm going to give you a little inner work assignment um, as question, how can we stay in tune when we're not having these uh, lists in front of us or technology in front of us to remind us of what we're working on. The one thing that you might have identified or two things that you would like to refine where you might have codependency in your everyday life or addiction or habit, I would like to request anyone and everyone that's listening (laughs) uh, to write a poem or draw a picture or a creative expression of what life is like when you bring that addiction or codependent relationship or um, dependency on a place or a thing into balance. What does it look like? What does it feel like? What does it sound like? And how can we celebrate that outcome? If you are inspired to do that inner work this week, I would love it if you'd send me a copy of it at s at suzannetoro.com with your permission to share it uh, on my site. Again, that's s at suzanne, S-U-Z-A-N-N-E-T-O-R-O.com. And I would love to include it and continue the conversation. And if you have any additional questions that come up or want some advice, please feel free to reach out via email. Happy to connect and um, see uh, how I can assist. The next week, what we're going to do, because this topic is vast, and as uh, pointed out by Thelma, that the uh, our fabric and our structure Uh, we're in this together. So if we can start collectively healing the fabric of our society by doing this inner work, um, you know, it's going to take a little bit of time. So pick one spot. Let's dive in. And next week, how we're going to dive further into our dependencies is to talk about our self-worth, to identify where we feel worthy and where maybe we don't feel so worthy. Um, It's a real humbling topic. And, you know, I I have my work to do, too. So I'm not here standing as um, someone that's a fully 
enlightened being by any means, um, always willing to do my inner work and dive off the next cliff uh, to <laughs> refine self so I can show up a little bit better for those around me. So next week, uh, self-worth, if you're inspired, write a poem, create a picture, create an expression, what it feels like to bring this balance back into your life with dependency. And how I'd like to close out for the evening is to share a poem about love, because that's ultimately what this is about. When we bring ourselves into balance with self, with others, and with society, we have a new understanding of what love is. It's very balanced. Non-attached and it's never-ending. So I'm going to read a poem by one of my. Uh, I would say he's up there on po- poets that I love is Hafez. The subject tonight is love. The subject tonight is love, and for tomorrow night as well. As a matter of fact, I know of no better topic for us to discuss until we all die. So with that being said. Remember that you are divine love. We all are divine love. We are such capable beings on this planet. And we can, moment by moment, step by step, breath by breath, shift how we relate with ourselves, with our environment, with each other, and shift our world experience, our world view, and rise to the vibration that we all strive to be. Until next time, this is Suzanne signing out with a deep bow, a beautiful, big, soft gaze at all of you beautiful beings, and a namaste.